the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It is a couple minutes after 4. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Happy Monday. Thanks for listening in. Had a cloudy day happening. Showers possible before the day is done. Eventually low of 35. Just been hanging out around 40 most of the day. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow up to 46. Try to live a day at a time, but just kind of jumping ahead to the end of the week. Christmas Eve, balmy near 60. But then Friday on Christmas Day, a high of 36. You fall off a cliff, so to speak. I don't know about you, but I'd love to have a little snow on Friday. A little white Christmas action. Eagles lost yesterday. Came down to the last play. Didn't uh, didn't pull it out, but exciting nonetheless. 33-26, Eagles lost to Arizona. Victoria, did you watch the game at all yesterday? I know sometimes you can't bear to watch. I did get to watch the game a little bit. Sorry for the delayed answer. <laughs> just testing some equipment over here. No, you were just thinking about what to say. <laughs> but no, um, it was it was kind of disappointing that they lost, but they uh, were in the game for four quarters, which yes. is more than we can usually say about the Eagles. That, this year, at least. Now, I did some math after the game because I went to Penn State and I have a math education degree, which explains why I'm working in radio, and did the calculations now, there were some people kind of with all these confusing scenarios about how the Eagles can still make the playoffs. It doesn't have to really be uh, that complicated. People. Well, no. What's that? I'm not. One of those people like if this happens and this happens and this happens, well, sometimes the Eagles you, can still be in it. Yeah, sometimes you need that. But I just try to boil it down and say, look, if the Eagles win their next two games and the Giants lose one of their two, they have a couple more and they're, gonna, they're not a very good team, so they're going to lose one of their two. And Washington loses to Carolina. Those are the three things that have to happen. Then we're in. It's still po- anything can happen. It's very hey, possible. Our division is that uh, bad, yeah. or should I say, close together. <laughs> anything can happen. Still. Yes, that's true. So we'll have uh, Eagles uh, writer for the Associated Press, head head, head writer for the AP, uh, Rob Motti, joining us a little later on in the hour to talk about that. He also has a couple other things to chat about, including the supposed Carson Wentz doesn't want to play in Philly anymore. Uh, conversation because he's not starting or if he's not going to start he wants to leave and Rob is I believe going to dispute that that's actually the case Rob knows uh, Carson better than most folks do and so he'll be sharing with us about that a little bit and some other things too Rob's a, a godly man loves the Lord a lot written a couple of books including a lot of books but one's called Birds of Prey about the Eagles Super Bowl season a couple of years ago which Victoria when she worked for the Eagles managed to miss somehow you and me both <laughs> You worked there just before they won the championship. Yes, I did. Their 2016-2017 season. And speaking of Carson, his rookie year, Sam Bradford was still the starter. 
so when you I were, got there. You were there when Carson was doing was kind of on his way in. Was just drafted, and Sam had not been traded to the Vikings okay. yet officially. All right. right before. Well, and the last year I covered the team more more fully was the year before the Super Bowl. Wow. So both of us had that. I could have com- bumped into you. It's very possible. At the Novacare Complex. We did not know each other at wow. that time, but now we do in God's providence. So we're glad to have you aboard, our brand new producer to this fine broadcast. Uh, also, football-wise, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati play tonight in Monday Night Football. Sixers open their season Wednesday at 7 o'clock against Washington. They'll be home. And if you're a hockey fan, they confirm that January 13th is the start for their abbreviated season, 56 games. They'll go through early May. And then they'll have a 16-team playoff. And we're looking forward to having some folks on from those various organizations as those seasons open up and unfold. But in the meantime today, in addition to Rob joining us a little later on the hour, we're just a moment or two away from a good conversation with uh, a a lady named Jen Hill. Jennifer, Jen with two N's. Jennifer Hill. Uh, Jen has written this book. Just came in the mail today, Vic. It was this big package. I opened this up. It's called The Best Birthday Cake in the History of Ever, A Christmas Tradition Celebrating the Birth of Jesus. Very colorful, and it has a lot of stuff in here. It's a recipe for making a special birthday cake to celebrate Christ's birth, right? A very yummy cake. Yeah, and uh, according to the recipe, now we haven't made the recipe. We should maybe get a kitchen installed here. We should. We're maybe get, we may be getting some work done in the studios, and that could be, we could put that in for the floor plan. Absolutely, we Don't, should. I mean, yeah. you know, WFIL, I just saw the floor plan the other day in the engineering office. The original floor plan when WFIL used to host concerts and stuff here. It was this where we're sitting and where you are, we're in separate rooms. And there's two more rooms over there, whatever. It was like one big room. One console in the middle of the room, like where we're sitting. And then there's room for people to play instruments and stuff. So Maybe we could go back to that. Uh, you know, there's something to be said for put some couches in, a lava lamp, things like that. Well, maybe not that. But we may, you know, I think that we should make it a full service kind of studio. Yeah, and and with the, so too. with the snowstorm the other night, we may want to put in some kind of uh, sleeping arrangement, you know, shower that sort of thing. Uh, the other night I was here till very late, sweeping the dish outside and all that. It was it was a if you've been to radio long enough, you get these adventure stories about. I remember the blizzard of whatever year, I couldn't get home for three weeks. Uh, so anyhow, but we're looking forward <laughs> to having Jen on the program. So you're you're. This is newer for you. You're going to start to see these snowstorm stories and flooding and all that where you're stuck at the station keeping things on the uh, air. For I a really days. hope not. We're, this, today's the first official day of winter. So that's right. uh, that's let's, right. let's hope uh, the next couple months uh, I don't. <laughs> but we'll see. We've got a couple months left. Have your boots ready. <laughs> we have a brief break, and then we're going to uh, uh, chat with Jen Hill, who's written this book, The Best Birthday Cake in the History of Ever. Rob Motti joins us a little bit later on in the hour. And. We may even give a, I don't know, a prize or two away before the show's done. Can't guarantee. Depends how much time we have, but I think we'll have time to throw that in there as well. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and the WFIL app. Once in a while, a film comes along that you watch and immediately want everyone else you know to watch as well. Poor to CEO, the Herman Cain story is that type of film, and it's now available at SalemNow.com. Herman was the former CEO of Godfather's Pizza. He battled and beat cancer. He was a talk radio host in Atlanta for many years. He ran for president in 2012. Herman was an amazing man whose life embodied the values we strive to live and pass along to our kids and grandkids. Belief in God, the power of personal responsibility, hard work, a good education, living each day with a thankful heart. 
Poor to CEO is one of the most inspirational, entertaining films I've ever watched, and you can watch it right now at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Use the promo code WFIL and save 20%. Watch Poor to CEO, the Herman Cain story at SalemNow.com. Save 20% by using promo code WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 410, Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL.com and the WFIL app. Victoria, we have a very special guest on today. Yes, we do. Yes, and her name is Jen Hill. Hello, Jen. How are you? I'm great. I hope y'all are doing the same. We are. We we got a package in the mail today. The best birthday cake in the history of ever. And Victoria's been grabbing it and won't let me read it. <laughs> well, most people get that in the mail and they think, somebody sent us a cake that's really little, really flat. <laughs> they open it and realize, oh, it's a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, tell us about this book. It's beautiful. And it's, uh, you know, just share this backstory behind it and, uh, and, and the storyline. Okay, sure. Well, it's the story of my family. So, Victoria, if you're looking through it, um, the family that's talking, that's my family. Um, and my oldest son is kind of the narrator. And this is a tradition that we started back when he was four and the little one was one. Hmm. And my mother-in-law said, let's start doing a thing. Every Christmas Eve, y'all come over here and we'll do Christmas with them on Christmas Eve so we could, you know, make the rounds to all the other families. Y'all know who that is. Yes. And I, uh, when we got there, she said, I want to start this little thing where we do a birthday cake for Jesus every year hmm. because uh, that's just a sweet way to every year just remind the boys and ourselves of what Christmas is really about. We're going to read Luke 2 and um, do a little birthday cake. And I have a picture of their first birthday cake because we let them kind of just go crazy with the decor that year. And <laughs> we just started We started doing a birthday cake for Jesus every year. Well, now those boys are 19 and 15, wow. and or actually 18 and 14, close to the other. But needless to say, the, the cake just grew over the years. And asked, you know, I found little things on the internet that would tie a cake to something to do with the Bible or little things like that. And so now each step of our cake is tied to scripture and basically the story of Jesus and what it's like to have him in your life. And uh, I wanted to share it with the world as soon as I could. Uh, so my oldest left for college this year, and then with COVID putting us all home a lot, I thought, you know what? It's the perfect time. Yeah. So I sat down and put pen to paper, called my friend Mary, and she's a genius, and she helped me do it. So that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And there's a uh, Kenzie uh, Stringo. I don't know the name who Kenzie is, but Kenzie does this beautiful job illustrating. It's like a coffee table kind of book feel. But it has a lot, you know, it has a, you know, it's bright and colorful and, and the practical, the scripture's there. The recipe for the cake is there, too. So uh, how, what about, where did Kenzie come from? Well, so Mary, I mean, I have taught, I taught school for 15 years. So I can write. I mean, I can, you know, type out a letter. Everybody can. Yeah. But when I went to Mary and said, hey, I want to write a children's book based on this tradition I've done with my family. She said, okay, well, just start, just write it out, because she had done some marketing things for me in the past. She's a really, she's really good at that, and uh, I liked the way she worked, 
so long story short, I gave her a 3,500 word essay and then she turned, she was like, yeah, this isn't going to work for a children's book. You put every detail in here. So <laughs> yeah. she helped me condense it down and I was so thankful for that. And then we, we started this book four months ago and I'm not kidding. And when you do that and you call illustrators and say, hey, we really would love for you to illustrate our book. They say, in how much time? And you need to tell them, well, about eight weeks. They all are like, are you, you're kidding, right? There's, this is an impossible task. So we just prayed about it really hard. And Kenzie lives in our, in our neighborhood, I mean, in our, in Rockwall where we live. Yeah. And she's a friend of my family's daughter. And so I was like, I know she does art. I know she's very talented. She had done some work in the past for my husband who runs a marketing company. So I called her and I said, I know this is crazy, but what do you think? And she's like, sure, I'll give it a shot. And I, we sent her a couple of the pages, and she sent back her, you know, her thoughts to, as pictures to go with the pages. And I think I cried for a day because I thought, they are so beyond beautiful. They are better than anything I could ever have imagined. And she basically took something that was in my brain, and she put it to fruition on a piece of paper. And I was just amazed. And she worked endless hours making that book what it is. She is I'm so thankful God brought her to us. Chatting with Jennifer Hill, author, a co-author of The Best Birthday Cake in the History of Ever, A Christmas Tradition Celebrating the Birth of Jesus, along with Mary Walker. And you were just describing Kenzie, who did the illustration. How old is Kenzie? Can I ask? A ballpark age? Uh, she's about 21 years old. Okay, so young. On that, 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 that's what I was From your, the way you were speaking, I thought, this is someone, I have kids 10 to 22 and kind of, the, I could see how that would be a beautiful thing to entrust that to someone, uh, you know, younger, if you will, and see what they come up with. It's really well done. So yeah, uh, I know, I know. I just, like I said, I was, I was amazed every time she put something, she turned something in with a new page that we had written. I was just always amazed, and I do love the fact. I told her I was like, well. I'm probably going to lose you now for any time I do anything else because you're probably going to be getting a whole lot of phone calls. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Uh, and and uh, Victoria, you saw it, right? I mean, was it? Yes, Something? and I have to say about the cake, red velvet cake has to be one of my favorite things. And then you also uh, included chocolate chips and vanilla icing. <laughs> so I guess how did that recipe, I guess, come together? I know you said they kind of represent um, different things, but that sounds like a delicious cake. It's actually very delicious, and I'll, I'll be really honest. Have y'all ever heard of bunt cakes? Y'all have nothing bunt cakes out there? Bunt cakes, yep. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So they, I don't know if you know this, but their little bunt cake, the red velvet, comes with chocolate chips in it. And so when they first came to our town, which was, you know, a few years ago, I, we loved that. And so when we were writing the book, to be quite honest with you, we had a whole different way of we were going to do it before. And then as, as things progressed, we were talking about how we can really bring this home for little ones. And I also say this book is written for three to 95-year-olds, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. um, I was really trying to hone it in, and we I remembered that. So really, we used the red velvet cake because it's brown. The powder is brown until you add the water. And then when you do that and you start to mix, it turns like vivid red. And we thought that is going to represent God's love hmm. and the love of Christ. And so when you put the chocolate chips in it, and then you bake it, they kind of melt a little bit into the cake. And so we, we said that when you have sin, we're all born with sin. But when it's covered in the love of Christ, it melts away. And so that's what's in the story. It each, Like I said, each little step gives you an idea of, of who Jesus was and, and what's the point of Christmas. 
So that's just why we did red velvet with the chocolate chip. And then the icing is white. Um, it's a cream cheese frosting or a vanilla. You can choose whichever. Ooh. And it's basically when we're covered up in him, uh, he makes us, he washes us pure and white as snow. So that's that's just the basis basics of the cake. <laughs> Absolutely, that's great. That's great. And there's a lot more to it. I mean, and again, just so to for folks just tuning in, we're, we're chatting with Jennifer Hill. She's written this book with Mary Walker. It's called The Best Birthday Cake in the History of Ever: A Christmas Tradition. Celebrating the birth of Jesus, a tradition that was birthed in your household, right, Jennifer? So that's right. Okay, yes. and so this, uh, the book is a combination of story as well as the recipe for the cake itself to have a party and celebrate Jesus, which is a great idea as opposed to mm-hmm. um, kind of Jesus on the side a little bit or pulling him into your party. He could be the center of the party. You get a, you get a cake on the table, everybody's looking at it. So uh, that's right. right? And then all the verses that you have in here, too. Uh, is, there, is there a scripture verse that you've included in the book that you particularly find uh, most powerful for you or that you really appreciate you know, thinking on? Yes. my. So the, are we, the first, a lot of the books, if, if I happen to be helping pack the books and do all this at the front of it, I'll sign them. And I write, always let your light shine. And uh, that verse, Matthew five sixteen, has just always been so powerful to me because really that is our purpose while we are here is to let his light shine through us. And I've told my boys that my whole life. I've written it on my mirror and lipstick, be a light as big as I could. Um, I've written it in my, on my boys' mirrors. Just, it's always a constant reminder. So when you light the birthday cake candles, that is the verse that we use for that is, uh, you know, let your light shine for men to see so they will know your faith in me is the line that goes with it. But I just, yes, that's my favorite page. That's my favorite verse. I just love it. Jen Hill's our guest. The book is called The Best Birthday Cake in the History of Ever, a Christmas tradition celebrating the birth of Jesus. We'll keep our conversation rolling in just a moment. Also joining us in a little while, Rob Motta, the Head writer for the Associated Press for the Eagles. We'll chat about the game yesterday and some other stuff, too. And uh, more to come. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for spending time with us today. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 423 on the Tim DeMoss Show. We keep our conversation going. With Jen Hill, co-author of The Best Birthday Cake in the History of Ever, A Christmas Tradition Celebrating the Birth of Jesus, a beautiful, fun book. Came in the mail today, and on a whim, I was able to get in touch with Jennifer. Was more than happy to jump on and chat about the book. And in the book, Jen, there's actually like a little insert card. And one of the things it talks about is, we want to see your cake for Jesus. Tag us on social media. Uh, so folks who use the recipe in the book and they want to take a picture and all that, uh, how does that all work? Well, they can go to our website, which is historyofever.com. Okay. And they click on, at the top, we have all, all of our social media listed. So really, you just click on any of them and you can post a picture to any of our accounts. And um, that's it's, it's as simple as that. And okay. you can always use any of the hashtags or use the hashtag. We're trying to make that one popular. <laughs> now, now, we just got a dog, a Labradoodle. It says Teddy the Dog Snapchat Lens on the bottom here. And my daughter's name is Teddy, actually Theodora, and it's her dog. So I have to ask you about, the, if nothing else, the Snapchat connection. Is that a uh, is that tied to the, the, the cake uh, angle in the book? 
no. So, um, like I said, I was a school teacher for 15 years. Yeah. And, and kids, let me tell you what they like. They like cake. They like dogs. It's true. <laughs> they like traditions. And they love holidays. Yes. So, four for four. Um, our, yes, our golden doodle, Teddy, is, she really is in our lives. We love her dearly. And I had to put her as part of the book. And she thinks she's human. And so <laughs> she's always doing the quirkiest things in real life. And I wanted her to be um, sort of a stick in the book where kids would always want to know each page what Teddy's doing, mainly to keep their attention. Oh, that's fun. And um, keep them on focus. So we some one, somebody we know in our lives who's just a genius knew how to create a Snapchat filter so now you can download that, and your face is Teddy's face, and when you talk, Teddy talks. <laughs> that's fun. That's that's very fun. And, and the book itself, uh, again, covers a lot of ground. It's some, kind of something for everybody. You said from age three to ninety-five. Um, you know, on the on the surface, it's kids directed for sure, uh, with the, you know parents being involved, especially maybe making the yeah. cake or whatever. But at the same time, the message of what it's about really is for everybody, and no matter how old or young you are. I completely agree. I really do. I've had, we have worked shows and we've watched people walk up and we always would say, come, come take a look at a few pages. And these people would stand there and start reading and then they would continue to read. And I'm not kidding. More than half look up at us with tears in their eyes. I mean, it, it touches everyone. It's so sweet to me. I'm always just so amazed at people's reactions, but that is the truth. We have seen more tears when people look through this book than I've ever seen. And they're sweet, happy tears. So yeah. It is a very sweet book. Yeah. I enjoyed reading it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. We were both looking through it, and Victoria's over there like, this is, I really like this. Yes, it makes me want to bake this cake now and yeah. try it myself. <laughs> well, good. And that's the other thing. I've told so many ladies that have messaged us or contacted us or um, we've had men say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm doing this with my kids. You know, I don't have a red or anything. I, I tell every single one of them, it does not matter. If all you end up with is a birthday cake for Jesus, that's great. No yeah. stress over doing exactly what the book says. Well, and think about it. Jennifer, maybe speak to this part of it, too, the whole party aspect um you know, being a believer is a is a uh, is a serious charge in a good way. We want to examine our lives. Scripture has a lot to say about that, but um, there's a lot to celebrate. There really is if we stop and think about it. And Scripture talks about being rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the Son He loves, and uh, and what God has prepared for us. And so, there's I think sometimes there's a little as a, a believers, including myself, need reminding of how to celebrate and enjoy and remember that God created that whole part of it you know of, of our who we're supposed right. to be so talk about the, the, the idea of a cake again everybody loves a slice of cake grandpa great grandpa down to the the youngest kid who's sticking their fingers in it so, <laughs> so, so uh but share, just share that aspect in your life as far as being a joyful person as or someone who perhaps was you know not as joyful and this has helped you become more joyful or celebrate or or what uh, yes, well, I, I mean, of course, I think it's really hard to, to feel down when you're having a party, be it your family or with um, friends uh, that you invite over. I think a lot of times it could be, you know, maybe an uncle that, that you don't haven't don't ever see, or you have you don't see but once a year, or uh, you just don't ever know what's going on in, in probably distant relatives' lives, or even some of your closest relatives. And so, if you're doing this sweet little activity, and it's a book, and it's a little 
little party, whether you make your own crowns like in the book or um, you go buy some some party hats or have blowers or little things like that that just kind of brighten your spirit. It does help remind everybody, hey, I do have a, you know, I do have Jesus. I can go to him and, and talk to him. And, um, of course, it doesn't make life perfect and wonderful, but if you absolutely prayer, no matter what gets, can get, gets me through a ton of things. So, and it always brings my joy back, no matter what I'm going through. If I just take a minute to talk to Jesus <laughs> about anything. So I do think it's a, just, it's a party that can also remind you to go find your joy. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And you know, it, it reminds me, I just wanted to, to mention this. Um, the book is, in a lot of ways, directly for those who know who Jesus is and have already accepted him in their lives and they're living it and um, and all that. But there's an aspect, too, that this could be uh, an opportunity to invite people in who aren't believers yet, right? I mean, the, the way it's constructed and, of course, the message of it certainly is. Yes. Yeah, so there, uh, that is really the bottom line. When we finished the book, I think I was mesmerized because it came in and we obviously just sat and read it and it was so sweet and we had a little focus group and I, we did, I was like, well, this is a gospel. I mean, by the time it's all said and done and I, that I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think that speaks to anyone, everyone, and it's done in a way that anyone can understand. We just gave away, I think we shipped out a thousand books to 50 different or 250 different um, areas and for this event that was it was a global birthday party for Jesus, but it's really these little mini events that are happening. And when I found out about it, I thought, well, I need to send them the book. And when I found out about the bottom line of this thing, they basically take care of the impoverished. And I thought, okay, what a perfect, you know, anytime anyone of any shape or size or however, wherever they are in life um, gets this book. They may have heard this for the first time ever, yeah, and I yeah. just I love that. If you've heard it ten times, twenty times, a hundred times, or zero times, it'll speak to you. Yeah, well, and it's it's simple enough. Like you said, it's not overcomplicated, but it's not, uh, but it's it's complicated enough. If you, I mean, it's 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 got the message in it. And um, sometimes I think I've, I've had a couple of friends tell me at times they'll come to church and say, "I feel like I I'm ten years like I'm ten years behind. I don't get the language." I don't understand what everybody's talking oh, yeah. about. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I slow down half the time, and I've watched <laughs> my husband teach several deep classes, and I still, I mean, it loses me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where this come. This can be very handy in a lot of in a lot of ways. It covers a lot of ground, and it, and it really met, brings some of the celebration uh, aspect of it for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Jennifer, it's nice to make your acquaintance. Um, well, thank y'all so much. Yeah. This has been a really fun interview. Y'all are peppy. I love it. <laughs> and now, I love your book. Yeah. Now, Jen- Jennifer, we're going to be friends, hopefully, for a long time. But I, I understand, I mean, you're from Texas. And we're, Victoria's yeah. shaking her head a little bit here because this coming weekend, we're the Eagles are playing a certain team from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just, I don't know if I should leave this unsaid. We should leave on a high note or if we're going <laughs> to, because. That is so funny. <clears throat> well, you're welcome to say whatever you want. Honestly, <laughs> I really am just, I'm not a huge football play, fan. I mean, I love football, any football though. Yeah. Oh, so, Uh-oh, even in Texas? Okay. It's huge <laughs> there. Right. Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer's okay, Vic. We're good. We'll, we'll keep her. She's good. All right. Yeah, okay, good, good. <laughs> That's great. I actually 
my youngest just started playing. He's an eighth grader. And so now I really I understand the plays, and I love football. But I think I really love it because he's out there. <laughs> yes, that is a lot of fun. My kids haven't played football. They play baseball and softball and soccer, and it's it's great. It's great. We had a Zoom call yesterday with uh, my daughter's 10-year-old soccer team because we couldn't get together here. But we were showing video clips oh, of this past wow. season, over, shared, shared the screen, and they got to see, oh, I remember that goal. I remember that play. So as a parent, oh, that it, is a really cool idea. Yeah, it brings a lot of joy to be able to just celebrate with your kids. So yes, it does, and and to watch them thrive and do things that you could never do, I just love it. Yeah. I'm always amazed by them. <laughs> Jennifer, greetings to you and your family, and Mary for your you know co-writing with you, and for Kenzie, let Kenzie know she did a great job on the illustration, and and uh, God bless you in this Christmas season. Thank you. Thank you all. Merry Christmas, and I will definitely pass the message on. Y'all have been so great. Absolutely. Nice to make your acquaintance. Yeah, thanks for coming okay, on. Thank you all. Bye, Merry Jennifer. Christmas. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's Jennifer Hill and the best birthday cake in the history of ever. A Christmas tradition celebrating the birth of Jesus. Quick break. We'll come back, and Rob Motti will join us, the uh, head writer for the Associated Press. We'll talk a little Eagles and some other stuff, too. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. I just coughed. Off air, of course. I think I have a piece of salt in my throat from the pretzel I was eating. Anyway, I'm better now. It's 436. Cloudy. Maybe a shower tonight. Down to 35. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow. High 46. Skipping Wednesday to Thursday, Christmas Eve, 60 for the high. But then Friday, a high of just 36. Wow. Let's see. Uh, Victoria, yesterday, Eagles lost a a tough game to Arizona, 33-26. It came down to the last play. I mean, they they had a chance, a couple plays at the end, to to tie the game and could not. They did. And, uh, well, they had a chance, but they didn't tie. This is what you mean. The important part, they didn't get done. Correct. And here to shed some light on it, a mutual friend of ours, Rob Motti, the uh, head writer for the Associated Press, and uh, many other things, too. Hey, Rob. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, Victoria. Hey, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great to see you guys getting together there on the radio. I love that. That's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we didn't know that we were at the NovaCare Complex. So she worked there, I guess, uh, right before the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that was about the time I stopped going down with any regularity. Still connected now, more through Zoom, but uh, yeah, yeah. So Rob, I stayed in touch with Rob, and he kind of was like a mentor, still is. So yeah, yeah, that's good yeah, stuff. She, Victoria came to uh, you, you were there for some of our faith on the field shows, like just sitting yeah. in studio and, and helped out, and she does a great job on social media and everything else. So certainly an asset for you guys, Timmy. Well, that's great. I'm glad you feel that way. This is her first month. We're coming. This is the the fourth week, right? So yes, already. Still lots to learn and all that. And it's been a good. It's been a good first few weeks. And uh, and so and as far as the game goes, yesterday, I don't, I don't know um, what your, what your thoughts are on what, what's been transpiring with this team that's been scuffling along all year. Uh, so any any takeaway from last night's game? I thought it was a very encouraging, impressive performance by Jalen Hurts. Uh, in a losing situation, ultimately they didn't win the football game, and it cost them the opportunity to have control of their playoff hopes. 
but it was encouraging to see a young player, a rookie in his second career start, go out there and lead the team back from a 16 nothing deficit and have them on the verge of taking the lead, of being in position uh, to take the lead. They ultimately couldn't do it, but he did some really good things, and I, I think that's, that's encouraging. The team is now in a very difficult position. It is a dilemma with the quarterback situation with Carson Wentz. What do they do after this season? But they're in the business of trying to win a football game every time they go out there. Jalen Hurts, Doug Peterson named him the starter for this week, and deservedly so. After that game against the Cardinals, he should be out there, and he's going to be out there against the Cowboys. And we'll see if what the Eagles need to transpire happens at 1 o'clock. They're going to need Washington to lose to Carolina. If that happens, then the Eagles at 4 against Dallas will have, uh, and assuming the Giants will lose to Baltimore, then the Eagles will have control of their playoff hopes again. And if Washington wins, then the Eagles are eliminated. But uh, until that happens, they're still in it. So they get to go out to practice this week, and there are, they are at 4-9-1, crazy as that sounds, <laughs> still in the playoff race. Rob Motti's joined our guest a number of times over the past couple of years, or joined our program, I should say, and uh, has his own radio program. He's referencing their faith on the field. And I know that you've had Carson Wentz join you, including over at Eastern University, for a very special event a year or two ago in the, in the rain, but it still was a, a very successful event. And you know Carson very well. Uh, you know, Among other things, there have been a couple of stories floating around that he's not too happy being the backup. Uh, on one level, it's kind of silly, like, well, what quarterback would want to be the backup? So I, w- I would hope that a quarterback, if they are the back, would want to start somewhere else, generally speaking. But that's that aside, uh, on the Zoom call a couple nights ago, I guess it was, you were pretty quick to just jump in and almost just, just dispute that story, even though in, in your question to Coach Peterson, I think it was, you just kind of just said that's not the case. What do you know about that, that kind of, uh, you know, you know Carson and, and what kind of a teammate he is and how he's handling himself, even during a very hard time right now? Yeah, so uh, I guess it was, Several hours before kickoff yesterday, there was a report from ESPN, Adam Schefter, who does a terrific job and is among the best of the best, saying that Carson Wentz is unhappy with the situation in Philadelphia and he's not uh, willing to come back next year as the backup quarterback. So uh, his sourcing, uh, I don't know where he got that information from, and I have no reason to think that Adam Schefter isn't going to put out accurate information. Like I said, he does a great job. Yeah. But uh, as you mentioned, uh, I know Carson Wentz. I'm close to his inner circle. So uh, I reached out and just had some conversations and uh, went back and forth. And, and I was told that Carson at this point right now is focused on being the best teammate he can be, being the best person he can be, and being ready to play in case the situation arises where he has to play. If Jalen Hurts goes down or something happens, and he right now hasn't thought about what he wants to do after this season. And, and I reported that it was shortly before kickoff. So I reported that shortly before kickoff, um, and many people uh, picked up on it and shared it out and, and said, well, this is what Rob Body's reporting. And, and some people still held on to the earlier report. So um, when, I, when I report something through the AP, uh, I have to clear it with my bosses. I have to clear who the sources are. I have to clear how they know it, why they know it, why they told me, all that. So we have very stringent sourcing policies at the AP. I can't just put things out there. I can't just put something out there that it sounds like he's upset and he doesn't want to be. I, I can't say that I've heard or sources. Like For me, sources have to be firsthand knowledge, bottom line. They have to be firsthand knowledge of the situation. And, and that's, you know, at this point, Carson Wentz has not reached the, the point 
mentally where he wants to tell the team, I need out of Philadelphia. He's not there yet. And I listed all the things that he's involved with here in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area. It's not just about Carson Wentz. It's about a lot of people. It's family. It's friends. It's uh, a close-knit community that they have. It's people who uprooted their lives from North Dakota, who, who moved here, who found, who bought homes, who are in schools, who are having kids on the way, who work for his foundation. And, yes, he makes a lot of money, and he can take care of everybody. But it's still a difficult process, all of that. So I uh, just had a baby. He's got a hat. So all of this stuff is involved. And right now he's not thinking, uh, oh, what am I going to do in 2021? He just wants to get through this year and do the right things in that building. Interesting. Yeah, Rob Motti, our guest, and you know, uh, he's the uh, head writer for the Associated Press for the Eagles and the Phillies, actually, been doing both of those uh, beats for 20 years now. And, and it's very interesting what you say. It, it's common knowledge. I mean, not common knowledge, but it, again, it, it's obvious that anybody would want to be a starter somewhere. But I think sometimes stories take on the life a little bit of the person who's reporting them. And this is not to necessarily say this about Adam Schefter, but People are looking for stories. They need they need to have content to produce and put on their their shows and on their uh, broadcasts and all that. Their columns and so human nature would be like, yeah, well, I wonder if I wonder if Carson's uh, upset now and he's kind of being a bad teammate. It's like, well, that was a pretty quick assumption on anybody's part to just go that direction. Maybe maybe that says something about how you would do it if you were the quarterback, <laughs> but you you don't know the person directly. You don't spend time talking with them. It's very different than what's transpiring. And all the stuff you just listed is a great example of why it's much more complicated than, oh, I'm on the bench. I don't like being out here. It's just way, it dumbs it way down, way too fast, I think. It's, it's, the attack on his character yesterday from people who don't know him and most disturbing from some former players, because I heard former players attacking his character, saying he's a whiner, he's a complainer. And as a former player, you should know better. I can understand when the average fan or anyone out there, even a media member, can leap to that or come to that conclusion or make that assumption. But when former players, like to me, it was very disturbing. And I think a lot of people are just in the business to, like you said, put out content. It doesn't matter who I hurt in the process, and it doesn't matter whose character I assassinate in the process. And I don't work that way. I don't operate that way. And I, it's just, it's very disturbing. It's very discouraging at times. And, and I'm at the point right now to me where I'm, I've been attacked today and since yesterday on, on Twitter is like a cesspool of negativity. Like I have to mute people all the time because they're attacking me. Like I'm, so I'm attacked for reporting, for reporting the truth. Like what did I do in, in this situation? I'm telling you this, this is what I know to be the truth and I'm putting it out there. So you're coming after me. like the viciousness, the absolute viciousness of this. It's unreal. Like, Timmy, pray for me, man, because, like, I- I'm just... <laughs> Will do. I'm, I'm glad to do that. Well, and, and speaking of pray, uh, for folks tuning in, Rob Motti's our guest. He's uh, been on our program a number of times the past couple years. Longtime friend. I've uh, known each other for about 15 years, and uh, he's the head writer for the Associated Press in Philadelphia for the Eagles and the Phillies. He has his own radio show called Faith on the Field, and he also uh, does host work on uh, 97.5 The Fanatic, and he... Does speaking engagements, and he's a loving husband and dad of two beautiful twin girls. Lots going on in your world, and also an author, in case uh, you didn't know. And he, we actually gave away the book uh, Football Faith earlier in the year. And But the other one, uh, speaking of prey, Birds of Prey that you put out, one of others that you've written, on the Eagles championship season, a lot of time to know those players, know where they're coming from, their character, what led to help lead to that Super Bowl win. So I mean, folks have a lot of options if they want to pick up your books. Um along those lines and 
Um, but I also wanted to just tie this back in, and we're coming down the home stretch of our of our show today. Christmas time, if if I'm not mistaken, was a very special time in your life as far as God getting a hold of you. Am I, I'm trying to remember the the story when you were in New York. Yeah, that was in August. Okay, uh, obviously, yeah, Christmas time. That was uh, August 29, twenty ten. But Christmas time is just—it really is special forever because that year, twenty ten, when uh, I, I came to Christ and I, I made that made that incredible moment, a life changing decision to just turn my life over to the Lord. Um, that year, as that process came about, and that was in late August of twenty ten, like then in early December, December sixth, actually, the day after my birthday, I met Remy. So we we had just started talking and started seeing each other and started started dating and then we had our first christmas like together that year and uh it's obviously it's a special time with children and everything else and it's the it's the celebration of our savior's birth and i try and you know tell people like it's it should be renewal right it should be renewal because there's so much hope there's so much hope in knowing that jesus christ was born and we're celebrating his birth on Christmas, and then he was able to live the life and set the example for us. And if he had he not lived that life, had he not set that example, then had he not died and taken on our all of our sins and taken on all of our burdens, like none of this would be possible. We wouldn't be here. So it, to get to the end, it starts with the beginning, and that's what to me Christmas is all about. And it's hope. It's 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 a rebirth. It's an opportunity that no matter what you did in your past, no matter what you've done, no matter anything in the past. You could start fresh. And who, what better than at Christmas time? Amen. Amen. And, you know, nowhere near the, the, the amazingness of what you just shared. But I got to know you at Christmas time uh, much better in 2006 when our daughter Tori was uh, 10 months old and at the NovaCare complex before they had remodeled and moved stuff around. In the media room, I'd given out some Wawa gift cards, like those $10 cards to uh, just – kind of put Tori's website on the back. She was 10 months old, severely disabled, and it was just a way of trying to uh, plant a seed with my fellow media members to be you know, personal and friendly and at Christmas time and uh, wasn't looking for money. It was just an awareness. And, and I know you went to the website and actually emailed me through the website as, you know, I'll pray for baby Tori. And that's how you and I got to know each other better. We were aware of each other, but then you went up playing softball with our church team and, and the Lord took it from there. So it's been, it's a beautiful time of year. And I think of that, especially in regards to you, why this month is special to me because of our friendship and, and how God really got a hold of you and, and planted some seeds to a little girl who doesn't even say any words. You know, God's power is made perfect in weakness. So anyhow. Amen. It, it, it's awesome, Timmy. And I, I love when you share that story because it just brings me back to how relationships are born and how, how God really plants seeds in your, li- in your life, right? And, and you planted that seed because through that relationship that we that we developed in 2006 and then coming onto your team and and just the really the mentorship uh and, and the discipleship and the fellowship and and being able to steer me in you know i was i, I was in a different place in my life and, and i knew all about religion and i didn't know about relationships and i didn't know about uh, you know i always tell people i didn't know about being saved by grace and not by works, and you were the first person who pointed that out to me, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and I still remember the day when we had that conversation for 45 minutes, and I'm sitting outside a tattoo parlor, and we're on the phone, and you're telling me about that, and I still went in, and I still got the tattoo, and it's, just, <laughs> it's, just the, three, the, it's the three crosses, you know, and Jesus, uh, that, that was the ones when, when uh, Jesus is on the cross, and the, the two thieves are next to him, so I did get that on there, but uh, it, it's just amazing, and, and like you said, it's, it's from from Tori, and, and it just teaches everyone that no, no one's, everyone's life has value and purpose. Even a little girl 
who uh, is not is able to speak, but her life has incredible, immense value, and immense purpose because of that and what God is doing through my life, and it all started through her. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord for that, and it's been a, a beautiful thing to watch as you've grown in your faith, as you've sought God out, and as you've, uh, uh, you know, God's blessed you with a godly wife and, and daughters and so many other changes over time. So, and, and as you've really been on fire for him and to watch that fire grow is a, is a wonderful thing. So uh, Merry Christmas to you, my friend, and to your wonderful wife and, and kids. And uh, one of these days we'll get you in studio. You can hang out for the hour, talk a little bit more about all kinds of stuff. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Merry Christmas to you and, and uh, everyone in your beautiful family and in your listening audience. Thank you, brother. Victoria, a little sign-off for you? See ya, Rob. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Rob. I'm grateful for you know you being a mentor to me as well, and maybe we'll have you on more often to chat. Absolutely. I love it. And uh, great to see you guys uh, working together. And Victoria, keep up the awesome work. I will. <laughs> All right. You too. All right, Rob. And don't let the Twitter haters get you down, That's Rob. That's right. We'll pray for you. We will. Thank you. Thank you. I for sure. That. Rob Motti, again, our guest. He's the Associated Press head writer for the Eagles, for the Phillies. You can look him up online in various shapes and forms. Look up uh, R-O-B, as in Rob, and then last name Motti, M as in Mary, A-A-D-D-I. Six letters? That's six letters? M-A-D-D-I. Seven? Six. M-A-D-D-I. That's it. You can look him up online and various and sundry forms, including his book, Bird, uh, Birds of Prey, which recaptured the, uh, or captured the uh, Super Bowl season for, this, for the uh, Eagles back in 2017. Quick break, we'll come back, wrap up our fine broadcast in just a moment, WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 4.54. Demon Show WFIL. Victoria, have you heard about the Christmas star? I have not. Well, I just heard about it tonight in a couple hours. Oh my goodness, wait. Actually, I believe someone mentioned something to me about that. But it might be a little foggy, right? You can't see, possibly. Or... Well, I can't control that, but I can tell you the information. Do what you will with it. Skywatchers. This is from NASA. I'm going. I don't. I'm not going to USA Today or CNN. I'm going to the NASA site for this information. They're the experts. Sky watchers are in for an end of year treat. What has become known popularly as the Christmas star is an especially vibrant planetary conjunction, easily visible in the evening sky, and culminating when Jupiter and Saturn come together on the night of December 21st, which is coming up here soon. Very soon. In 1610, Italian astronomer Galileo pointed his telescope to the night sky, discovering the four moons of Jupiter. How did I say these? Io, Io, Lo, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto. In that same year, Galileo also discovered a strange oval surrounding Saturn, which later observations determined to be its rings. These discoveries changed how people understood the far reaches of our solar system. Thirteen years later, in 1623, the solar system's two giant planets, Jupiter and Saturn, traveled together across the sky. Jupiter caught up to and passed Saturn in an astronomical event known as the Great Conjunction. You can imagine the solar system to be a racetrack which each, with each of the planets as a runner in their own lane and Earth toward the center of the stadium. 
said Henry Throop, astronomer in the Planetary Science Division at NASA headquarters in Washington. From our vantage point, we'll be able to see Jupiter on the inside lane approaching Saturn all month, finally overtaking it December 21st. The planets regularly appear to pass each other in the solar system with the positions of Jupiter and Saturn being aligned in the sky about every 20 years. What makes this year's spectacle so rare is that it's been nearly 400 years since the planets passed this close to each other in the sky and nearly 800 years since the alignment of Saturn and Jupiter Jupiter occurred at night, as it will this year, allowing nearly everyone around the world to witness this great conjunction. This uh, close alignment will appear just a tenth of a degree apart and last for a few days on the 21st. These two, Jupiter and Saturn, will appear so close that a pinky finger at arm's length will easily cover both planets in the sky. The planets will be easy to see with the unaided eye by looking toward the southwest just after sunset. Hence why we are bringing this up right now, because that's happening right about now, somewhere around now. So keep an eye out in the sky. It says, find a spot with an unobstructed view, such as a field or park. Jupiter and Saturn are bright, so they can be seen even from most cities. The planets can be an hour after sunset, Look to the southwestern sky. Jupiter will look like a bright star and be easily visible. Saturn will be light, a little fainter and will appear slightly above and to the left of Jupiter. And then on the 21st today, Jupiter will overtake it. They'll reverse positions in the sky. Planets can be seen with the unaided eye, but if you have binoculars or a small telescope, you may be able to see Jupiter's four large moons orbiting the planet. Bonus. So there you have it. We've learned something. So cool. I love space stuff. And I love being uh, timely once in a while. I remember stuff. This is the kind of thing I would probably remember tomorrow. Right. Oh, by the way. uh... (laughs) (laughs) No, my mom's like that, too. Every time there's a star or a planet that's going to be, you know, there. She's like, oh, my gosh, we need to go outside and look. (laughs) Your mom's like, really? I didn't know that. Yep. And loves space, too. And And planets. And from Audubon. All right, then. (laughs) Thanks for listening in. God bless you. Have a great rest of the uh, afternoon. And. Get outside and check out that Christmas star, the Great Conjunction, in the next hour, I think, is supposed to happen. In the meantime, I'll turn things over to Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries. He leads in prayer next. Have a wonderful evening, and Merry Christmas a few days early. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.